Want to just lead? Sonia McDonald will take you on a journey on inspiration and courage. Sonia and her guests will inspire you to be truly kind, courageous and just lead. Hello everyone, it's Sonia McDonald here and welcome to the Just Lead podcast where today I'm interviewing one of the incredible finalists of our Outstanding Leadership Awards, Rowan Hodge, and he's going to be sharing with us today his story, what he thinks about leadership and his views on leadership around kindness and courage, and also we'll see where, where the conversation goes because these, these conversations tend to go on all different kind of directions. So it's uh, just really such an honour to be talking to you today. Thanks very much, Sonia. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me about your story. How did you get to where you are today? Uh, well, I think I, I probably began uh, my leadership journey, uh, like most people, as a, an employee. And so I was uh, an employee when I was very young, uh, doing anything I could, I could do to try to, to earn some pocket money in my hometown up in North Queensland. And, um, uh, you know, that was everything from, um, from sort of working as a, a waiter in a, in a cafe to mowing yards to being an indoor cricket umpire to selling jewellery on Thursday nights and Saturday mornings. And so um, a, lot of those, a lot of those things, though, I think now, are still actually reasonably reasonably formative in terms of you know teaching you the value of a hard day's work and in particular the hospitality traits around putting someone else's comfort ahead of yours in my personal experience the best leaders are the ones that are able to demonstrate that servant leadership not just with their customer but with their internal customer with their teams as well and so uh yeah i spent some uh pretty much my whole of my schooling up in north queensland and came down to uh, Brisbane for uni, and I took up an uh, accounting degree and a law degree at QUT, specifically to try to uh, better better empower myself for a career in business. And um, while I was doing that, I was working in uh, at the old ITT Sheraton Hotel in uh, in Brisbane, which is the Sofitel these days. And that was another really good opportunity to learn about servant leadership, about the high expectations that a customer has in that sort of five-star environment. And so uh, from there, I jumped out of five-star into something with much dirtier fingernails. I got into um, a training role at Silvio's Dial-A Pizza. And, uh, <laughs> that would have been a real real shift. In it that, was, yeah. and, and it, was, it was a very deliberate career move. I'd, I'd sort of reached the, the level at Sheraton that they would promote me to because of my age. I was, I was sort of perceived to be too young. And I thought, well, damn that, I'm not too young, I'll show you. So I, I did what you did back then is I got the courier mail and I applied for just about every job I could find. And um, I got a job with, uh, with Silvio's. And uh, it was like winning the lottery, really, because Silvio's, uh, for, for your listeners may not know, but Silvio's purchased the rights to Domino's Pizza for Australia and for New Zealand. And that same uh, acorn of a company, has um, now got a presence in, well, I don't even know how many countries, but certainly in Germany, in France, in Belgium, in the Netherlands, in Australia, in New Zealand, and, uh, and they are an absolute, in Japan, they are an absolute uh, barnstorming sweetheart of the Australian uh, Stock Exchange as a public company. So uh, it was a fantastic place for me to, to cut my teeth and learn my trade uh, as an apprentice leader. 
and uh, gave me the opportunity to live and work overseas and gave me the opportunity to live and work back in my hometown with a couple of my own pizza shops as a franchisee. So um, uh, that, that one move to Silvio's Pizza uh, turned out to be incredibly foundational for me and really important to my career. Wow. So what made you, when I mean, you're working back then, it was obviously now it's the Sofitel, it was called the ITT? Uh, the Sheraton, yeah. The Sheraton, yeah. Sheraton is part of the ITT group of hotels, that's right. Yeah, so what made you go from that, I mean, obviously in applying for all these different positions, I mean, what attracted you to working at Silvio's? Well, I think the arrogance of an 18-year-old <laughs> in hindsight. So uh, I, I'd applied for a, uh, a pretty senior job at the Sheraton <laughs> And uh, I'd been passed over for it because of my age. And I thought, well, I'll show you bastards, you know. Um, and I think there's, there's, a certain, there's a certain amount of audacity that we all have and work ethic, frankly, that we all have when we're, when we're new to our careers. Wow. Um, and I think at our best, later in our careers, we actually harness that. We tap into that, that uh, you know, um, that, that mindset where nothing can stop you. Yeah, and we're of course, of course, I can do it, and I, because I believe in myself, and why not? And but you're so believing think- in yourself very young, which is a few people I know. Like I would be, and a lot of people I know would go, oh, "I didn't get the job at the Sheraton, so I'll apply at the Hilton, or I'll apply so like they'd want to keep it." But you kind of went, "No, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there and see what sure. else is out there with lots of different other companies." You didn't stay, yeah. yeah. Well, it was it was reasonably dumb luck. I mean, I'd I'd been living in Brisbane, so I was familiar with Silvio's. Uh, I was somewhat familiar with Silvio's from growing up in Townsville. Um, but you know, they were they were like the fourth player in the marketplace back then, and uh, we we pretty much got the the stuffing kicked out of us in most markets by uh, you know much bigger rivals like Pizza Hut and yeah. um, and Eagle Boys and Pizza Haven, um, two of whom. Domino's has annihilated and the, the third of whom uh, Domino's is, is basically, you know, a three is to one player now. And so, um, you know, that, that uh, was very fortuitous for me for a heap of reasons. But one of those was that I got, to chance, I got the chance to see some incredible leaders. Um, in, the, in the case of Domino's Pizza or Silvio's Domino's, um, our, uh, one of our key stakeholders back then, was uh, an investor named Jack Cowan, and Jack Cowan's probably better known to to the listeners of this podcast as um, Hungry Jack. Yeah. And so uh, he was a big investor back then. I, I don't know, he may still well be, um, but certainly um, he, Don May, Don May was himself um, yeah. a very young leader. He was probably 19 or 20 when he hired me, and uh, he was already the head of operations for Australia, for Silvio's wow. Pizza. So. You know, he was an extraordinary leader uh, and still is. He's the, uh, the CEO of that public company uh, right now. And so um, there were plenty of other examples. Andrew Rennie was another phenomenal leader. He's just retired now after, you know, putting a 1,000 stores in France and doing major mergers in Germany. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's an extraordinary leader. He was himself a multi-unit franchisee, as was Don, was a multi-unit franchisee. And... When you have that chance as part of a chain to see people trying to achieve growth in a business just like yours in different parts of the country, you very quickly get to see the ones who are growing and the ones who aren't. And there's a, there's a very easily distilled formula there, and it's about the franchise owner. It's about the leader. 
and the the impact that leadership has on financial performance mm. is profound. The other thing we found is that, um, and Andrew is a great example of this, as is Don and, and plenty of the other franchisees out of that group, um, so many of the people who worked under those leaders went on to become critical infrastructure assets of the human potential of that organisation. And uh, in Andrew's case in particular, he had a, a store in, um, in Lismore in New South Wales and all these country kids turned out to be leaders of Domino's. They'd all come through this one shop and just turn out to be fantastic leaders themselves. And that didn't happen because Lismore was amazing. It happened because there was a terrific leadership in place in Lismore, and that's what was that's what was causing this sort of yeah. human farm uh, environment. I like that we could call it the leader farm, the leadership farm, or something. Why like not? The human, yeah, the human well, farm. We called them we called them MITs back then, which was very uncreative. It was just manager in training. I'm sure we can do better. I think we could actually. It's like I so I resonate so much with you because every time I talk to either a small business owner or a franchisee, and they look at me blankly and they kind of go. No, our, our business strategy and our business plan is most important. Sure. Yeah, that is important. But do you know how important leadership is? Well, no, no, leadership's not at the forefront of like, your leadership. You are you are leading the franchisee. You mean the franchise? You're leading the business. You it, you you are the franchisee, like the franchise. You are the business, like exactly. Yeah. And if if leadership didn't really matter then wherever you see a national chain or an international chain for that matter, they'd all do the same sales and they'd all have the same profit. But they don't. They all have different sales. They all exist on a spectrum. There's underperformers in every group and there's overperformers in every group. And that's a very human dynamic. It's not just because, oh, they got lucky with a good lease and oh, yeah, they, they, they had a good marketing campaign. No, it's about the leader. The leader is what makes that difference completely. Uh, we see that now. We see that here at Anderson's. I'm sitting here in a uh, in a, a disused um, boardroom in a very large store. We're, we're observing social distancing here, so I've I've somewhat made this my uh, my makeshift office for the time being. And uh, this this franchisee happens to be our highest volume franchise operator um, by a margin of roughly two is to one over the second highest performer in the in the business. And you know we've got fifty shops. You shouldn't see a distribution that wide, but you do because leadership counts. Because wow, how long have you been there now for? I've been at Anderson's now for 16 months, 16, oh, started January last year. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I'm loving it. It's, it's a fantastic business and it's, a, it's an organisation that has a really um, just a fantastic set of shared values that date back to our founder and our founder story. So uh, the business was founded around 60 years ago and it was it's based out of Gatton where it was founded. It's still based there now. And uh, it's a real country town culture that we've got in the business. A lot of the staff have been there for decades. A lot of our franchisees have been there for decades. And um, part of this, part of what makes the business really special is this, um, this country town service culture that we have. And when you think about it, there's very few Australian businesses that have uh, an earnest and genuine, authentic connection to the country, to the bush. And we do, and it's great. It's a really nice part of our story. Qantas is probably the only other one that really springs to mind for me right away as a, a big success story out of a tiny town. But um, I'm sure there are others. But uh, in our case, it's part of the culture we really lean into and I very deliberately have leaned into. 
I've found that if our franchisees are comfortable with the culture that we're propagating, they'll accept a great deal of change and innovation. But if that culture is is uh, jarring to people who've been in the business a long time, um, then the change that you're trying to implement as a leader is going to be resisted because people will feel at sea. They won't they won't feel comfortable with the change. And so I've really leaned into that here, and I love it. I'm a country kid myself, and so that really suits me to a T. But I think you're keeping it authentic too. Like I love the fact you're saying I'm a country kid. I mean, sure. people people love that. Like they they like they 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 feel safe in that environment. That I'm going into somewhere like Anderson's, and it's been you know it's come up. It's something that's 60 years old. It's based on a great story. You know, it's you know it's very value set. Uh, people are really real and authentic. You know, and it like people yeah. love that. They want that well i like to think that if we have that culture across our business if it's prevalent in our team it's prevalent in our franchisees um i like to think that that will filter through to the customer experience um even though we still will train on those things the Mm. customer experience and salesmanship it's a, a hell of a head start if we all have a tight alignment to begin with the other thing is that we don't um we don't really play on it very heavily in our public branding because um, it, it could very easily um, be too sort of um, too hayseed or too too corny yeah. to really to to go too hard into that country town identity in something that is really a modern brand in a, in all sorts oh, of metropolitan yeah. areas. So uh, we use it as an internal barometer, and we use it to measure our conduct. We volunteer to have our franchisees assess us twice a year and they do the survey, they, they word the survey, they, they track the results and they tell us how we're doing. And, and it's great. We, we're using those country town values as the barometer that we're measuring ourselves against. And so uh, we also use it in our, in our um, strategy sessions. So when we deal with our council of franchisees who are elected by the franchise candidates, uh, by the franchise community. Uh, similarly, we have a, um, uh, in our board meetings, uh, and in my own leadership team in the business, we we endlessly do come back to that, what does it mean to be uh, giving country town service and how can we be more authentic around that goal? That's great. It's really great that you measure yourself like that and you're open to that and you've yeah, done that. I find we don't, we don't have to try too hard uh, in the Gatton team. Uh, Gatton, for those who don't know, is in the Lockyer Valley, which is sort of three-quarters of the way from Brisbane to, um, to Toowoomba. And um, uh, our Monday morning meeting will be a different mood if there's been rainfall. And that's, that's, a, real country, that, that's a real country attribute that, you know, if, if there's been rainfall over the weekend, the people are in a different mood on a Monday because, you know, they're farmers or they're, they're, they're married to farmers or they're no farmers um, or graziers or growers or whatever it may be. Uh, that's a really nice connection. And that certainly resonates in towns where we have stores like Mariba, Inverell, Gleninus, uh, Gundawindi, Moree, Emerald, Roma. You know, we're, we're a real country town brand and we thrive in those small towns as well as in the metro centres. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that you were in those amazing towns. Yeah, it's a I key part of our business. Wow, because I only see you. It's amazing what you see because of what you're like obviously because of what's in front of you you know you only see what's in front of you you kind of see the store and you know when because you've got a is it in the valley the fortitude valley new step um we're not but uh, i don't want to let the cat out of the bag so let's move on to the next question 
<laughs> What's the cat in the bag? <laughs> no, look, we, we're always looking for new opportunities to expand. And so um, I won't say any more than that right now. Okay. But we are, right, we, are that's given actively, a- we are actively and publicly expanding to the south at the moment. So we okay. are uh, we're currently about to open in Port Macquarie. We've just opened in the ACT. And oh, my gosh. In, uh, in Taree shortly. We're looking at stores down in um, uh, Gosford, in, in Singleton, in uh, Tamworth, in Armadale, in Dubbo, Wagga. Um, so, yeah, we'll be continuing our march towards the Victorian border. Watch out, Victoria. Absolutely. Why yeah. not? Yeah, so that's wonderful. So, so how did you feel when you found out you're a finalist in the Outstanding Leadership Awards? Well, I was thrilled. I was really, really thrilled, actually, and very honoured. I think, um, you know, one of the things that is very impressive is the calibre of the other finalists. Um, oh, wow, you know, I'm thrilled I know. to just be in their company, frankly. And um, I think it's, it's a credit to Leadership HQ that you've managed to unearth people of that calibre who are interested in in sort of celebrating leadership and what it means uh, to them in their careers, to their businesses. Um, and I, I don't even know if it needs to necessarily be business-based. I mean, I see remarkable leadership in the ARA, the Australian Retail Association. Yeah. Um, I sit there in the board with the, the other councillors and um, there's plenty of, plenty of those councillors are engaged in not-for-profit activity including the ARA itself, which we run, uh, you know, we're un- unremunerated in those board roles. Um, but we do it because we love it. And good leadership's just as useful in that environment as it is in a, in a commercial setting as well. Um, there's something noble and really important about the attributes that you guys are trying to promote. And I think, you know, the way I would see this is the sort of collision of art and science where, um, you know, if you could learn it out of a textbook, or if you could practice it all your career, good leadership would probably look pretty similar in both cases if you got it just right. And the way I see it is that no one's a perfect leader. I'm an imperfect leader. I, I, I dare say my, my fellow candidates, my, my fellow franchise uh, franchisors, my, my fellow uh, Australian Retailers Association um, board members, we're all imperfect leaders and we're all better in our roles and in our lives if we work on that and improve that. And that's, that's why, um, you know, I gravitate to your initiative here with Leadership HQ. I think it's really important and I think celebrating leadership and those who are doing it well is really important too. Yeah, I think that everything you're saying is so, makes my heart sing because I think we see, I think we see too much in the media around leaders that aren't doing the right thing or companies that aren't doing the right thing. And there's so many great examples and unsung heroes and people that we don't know about that are out there making a difference and making an impact and really understand how leadership can make a difference, mm. you know, to a franchise or to the you know, retail association and how you're making a difference by being on that board and volunteering your time for that. And, and I, see your, I see a lot of messages that you put on um, social media about your work you do with them and I'm really passionate about the retail space as well. Mm. Um, and I just think that we don't know about these people because they're not in front of, they're not in the, you know, National Nine News or on the front of the Australian yeah. and things. And I go, well, there's actually, we should be for future, for the generations of today and tomorrow, mm-hmm. demonstrating and showcasing and celebrating these people and unsung heroes and so showing that there's people out there that understand the importance of leadership and understand what's <laughs> important around being kind and courageous as well. 
Absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. Those are those are incredibly important virtues. Um, you know, I think that's um, it's a, a pet topic of mine is is virtue and and the the way that 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 word in the English language um, has really dropped out of circulation. Um, you can Google now a word and see its frequency of usage charted out over time. And virtue is one of those words that was used a lot more a hundred years ago, and it's hardly used at all anymore. And you know, the virtues like the ones you're you're describing. Um, they're in a long list of, of things that leaders uh, would do well to, to revisit. Um, yeah. And it's something that, I, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about those areas, uh, particularly around diversity and inclusion. Um, I think also in, when it comes to transparency and fun um, and innovation. So, uh, you know, I think one thing that I think sums up a few of these or joins a few of these dots together Um we have a pretty ambitious technology agenda at Anderson's. Uh, we're in an industry where the products we sell tend to look very similar to those from our competitors. They tend to come from a finite number of suppliers and we tend to largely use the same suppliers in our supply chains. And so differentiation is incredibly important. You walk into two uh, flooring stores, it would be easy to confuse them. So we're really leaning into technology and innovation and we've just done an augmented reality application, uh, which I noticed today has just ticked over 8,000 downloads. But the, the ability for a lady who's time poor to be able to browse our range and simulate that in her own home in real time on her own time. Now, it's, oh, it's very difficult amazing. to see. Yeah, it was very difficult to see how that would mesh with country town values or country town service. But what it is is that a franchise community who's being led in a culture they're uncomfortable with wouldn't come along on a technology agenda. But a franchise community that is comfortable that that, that, that culture is rock solid and that's one they're happy to buy into, they are happy to come along on a technology agenda because they know that we're not changing who they are, we're just changing how, the, how they're looking for growth. Mm. And that, I think, comes back to also endlessly a good leader needs to be looking at their organisation and reinventing it as if it was being created from scratch because everything everything evolves, everything changes. Uh, Eric Nordstrom of the Nordstrom um, uh, department stores in the US, uh, he said uh, in January this year, he said that uh, established businesses have a terrible habit of growing old with their customer. Where a customer of yours 40 years ago um, is now 60 or 70 years old. And are you behaving like a 60 or 70-year-old consumer group or are you behaving like you're targeting everybody again? Um, we have to always be reinventing. I think it's a really important part of our innovation mm -hmm. journey at Anderson's and I think for all leaders is to be asking ourselves again and again, what is our customer looking for? And if we started the business from scratch today, if we built it around that central mission, that customer-centric position, what would it look like? And trying to do that divorced from what your business is like now is really hard because it's mm. very uncomfortable. But it helps you to identify if you're on the wrong track with some things. And, you know, I think uh, Anderson's was getting more things right than wrong and I'm hoping to improve things a little and as a result to unleash some growth here. Uh, and I'm sure that the other leaders uh, in this, in this um, nominated for this award will be facing that same challenge in their organisations today right now. It's a perfect time to look at all this to, and even though it's very challenging, it is a good time to revisit this. So. Absolutely. So Absolutely. 
just a bit conscious of time. So, because um, I could actually talk, I'm actually listening to you going, I could talk to you, I could listen to you talk about this stuff. Well, I think with the first time we the first time we met for a coffee, it, it started as twenty minutes and it turned into nearly two hours. So I know um, you tend you tend to have that effect on the the people you speak with. I think Sonia, good on you. <laughs> well, I think yeah, I think that uh, you, you, yeah, I think that it is about connection, and this is why I think one of the things I wanted to do this around, like in terms of the awards, was. I wanted to connect people as well. I love connecting people and Terrific. I think it's around leadership is about connection. It's about how we can lift each other to do more, be more and learn more. And, I mean, you know, when I saw your nomination come in, I was just so thrilled and excited to see someone like yourself. Like I was just so honoured to see, you know, you know, I like obviously because I know you. And I had to see, let you know, everyone, I stepped away. <laughs> choosing the finalists because I knew a lot of, I knew quite a few of the people that were nominated. So I didn't want to have my biased view on it, uh, but I knew it was very challenging for the team to sure. choose the finalists and your uh, nomination was just spectacular. So we're just so Thank excited you. to have you and I'm very excited to see you. Happy to meet before then as well. I'm very happy to meet you anytime Terrific. and do it to our coffee. Uh, well, I think, I think last time, last time we did sit down, um, you were thinking about doing a magazine. And, of course, that's come to fruition. So well done you for having the vision and persevering. With oh, it. Good on thanks for that. I did have the magazine for a number of years and then I had to I let it go. Well, I actually let it go at the start of this year, gave it to, gave it to K by Design. So they're actually now amazing. running the magazine and they're doing a beautiful job of it because we kind of at the end of last year looked at the awards and I thought... Oh, good I don't know if we're going to be able to manage everything. So, uh, well, a bit of reinvention never goes astray. Good for that's you. That's very, very true. So, but if there's anything we can do to help you from RN, we're always here to help. But we are very excited to see you again, Rowan, on the 4th of yes. September. <laughs> I think by then we're going to ready, be ready to party. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. But and if there's yeah, anything uh, we can do to help. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time out. Terrific. Sonia, it's a pleasure. Lot. A pleasure to see you again and let's talk again anytime you like. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye.